Welcome to For the Culture. This is uh, your host, Deepak Batty, and I'm today joined by Nikita. Nikita is a part of a... Um, He's not really he he's a part of his own wedding photography business, which is really fucking cool. And he DJs um, on his off time at night at Cactus Club down on um, down at the Yacht Club. So uh, I'm really psyched to have him on here. Uh, he was actually recommended to me by my girlfriend Erica, and uh, the last time she had a suggestion, it turned out really well. So shouts out Steve. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, man. Of course, happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. How was your day? It was great. Yeah. Enjoying the sunshine, classic Kelowna vibes, you know, Okanagan lifestyle. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's sick. That's sick. So I wanted to like, get right into the whole wedding photography stuff, right? Because, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've done photography for a few years now, but the wedding stuff always just seemed like so intimidating. <laughs> it just always seemed like so hard to get into for me. I, and it just so almost seemed like overwhelming with the amount of like variables there are and oh, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. So so how did you start off for for people that... Actually, sorry. You know what? I'll get into that a little later. But sure. how did you start off doing that? Uh, I had a good friend of mine who was a wedding photographer by profession. And he kind of offered to take me under his wing because uh, I'd expressed some interest. Uh, and I'd always just, you know, dabbled in photography just with my friends beforehand. Uh, and he took me along. Uh, I second shot for him uh, at a wedding. And it was super enjoyable. I got super hooked on it just because you get all these moments like that aren't really in day-to-day life. Right. And taking photos of them isn't really like a situation you're usually in. Uh, and just kind of from there, I, I just kept the ball rolling myself. He doesn't do wedding photography anymore. Uh, kind of stress, stressful situations most of the time. So you get burnt out for sure. Uh, and you know, just, been working at it ever since every summer is uh is kind of when i do it mainly i'm a i'm a student uh during the winter and then over the course of the summer i just work on my wedding photography you know <laughs> go go shoot some weddings enjoy the enjoy the Kelowna vibes hell yeah and yeah. so um when it came to your wedding photography um was it something that you've always wanted to like do like when did you when did you actually start doing photography in the first place uh uh, photography probably what would that be like probably closer to eight years ago and then started doing wedding photography uh summer first year university uh that would be four years ago so i've I've had this will be my fourth maybe fifth season of shooting weddings Yeah, yeah uh and just every year you learn something new going into it. You reflect on the last season and, and you kind of over the winter, get some time to mellow out and think about what you, how you want to approach the next season. Yeah. Uh, and then you can, you kind of get like a, a clear view of, of the weddings you shot last summer, because at the end of it, your brain is so like fried from editing like thousands and thousands and thousands of photos um, that you just kind of like can lose yourself in them in, yeah. a, in a way. So it's it's good. The winter really gives you time to reflect on it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I bet. Honestly, oh, yeah. like sometimes I find myself after like band shows or whatever yeah. and I'm editing photos. I My brain melts after just shooting, oh, you definitely. know, going through like 50 yeah. or 100 or 150. So like yeah. going through like a few thousand of weddings. Oh, definitely. Nuts. And I'm, yeah. just, you know, people are so particular about their wedding photos too. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people dream of that moment. Yeah. So like um it's it must be it must be like really high pressure versus other types of gigs you must have done in the past right yeah it definitely is uh i i have a thing where i try and instead of just advertising to like any couple out there for finding a wedding photographer i really want to like shoot for people that i can kind of connect with right and so when i go for my consultation we like can initially hit it off and like be friends so instead of them having just some photographers who they don't know have never met at the wedding. They can see me as a friend. They're acting natural. Um, and it like lowers the stress for them, lowers the stress for me. Yeah. Uh, and you know, at the end of the day, there are variables you can't control. Like at last Friday, I had a, a wedding in West Kelowna and the couple, like the one thing they really wanted was pictures with Okanagan Lake as everybody does, yeah, which yeah. is absolutely gorgeous. And massive rainstorm thunderstorm rolled in about five minutes before their ceremony totally (laughs) rained us out but the photos we got are like we got some outside and we got some really funny ones inside that you know it's like just unexpected variables that are going to happen along the way and that you can't control really yeah yeah it's just memories 
Yeah, of course, of course. And the thing though too is like there's a specific sort of uh, there's a lot of variables when it comes to that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So like there's a lot of specific um, looks that a lot of people try yeah. to go for, right? So yeah. like how do you how do you like balance all that? Oh, that's a uh, that's a super tough question. Um, and like I said, over the winter, that's kind of when I have time to reflect and uh, staying consistent with your look and style is something. Uh, I think a lot of photographers who haven't been in the business for a long time struggle with. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, like you can't really say one's better than the other because it's all, it's all subjective, subjective and yeah, it's yeah. An artistic expression. So like when I started, I was very into the saturated colors, you know, punchy, like yeah. classic, like, Oh, look at this photo. It's sick. Um, and then just every year since then, I've, I've kind of gone through a change of, of just trying to find a different style that I can, you know, edit all my photos and shoot in the same way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like huge respect for other photographers with, um, unique styles that, you know, they've stuck with, like there's definitely times and places where it might not be the best way to shoot it. Right. But, uh, if you can keep it consistent and keep your style looking good, um, you know, that's that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. yeah. What have you so what have you done to like develop your style over the last couple of years, you know? Um mm-hmm. so is there are there any particular people that you've sort of like taken inspiration from over oh, the last yeah. few years? Yeah. Um the the individual who got me into the wedding photography, uh his name's Chris Stewart. He was uh like quite well awarded um as far as wedding photographers go. Uh what is the name of that association? you know, it's escaping me right now, but, um, <laughs> basically they really value, uh, photos that, uh, capture moments. Yeah. So, you know, like kind of like a fleeting smile or like a quick kiss somewhere or like a hilarious expression or somebody like, like smashing a glass accidentally at a wedding. And, you know, you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on that, um, that really is happening in a split second. And when I'm at a wedding, I'm just, always on the lookout like eyes in the back of my head looking for moments like that yeah and trying to find like a way that combines you know like something that's pretty to your eye just like a nice photo but also has a moment that's kind of just like like suspended in time you know what i mean so you don't ever get that moment again but you've got this photo combining art and like these these moments that you know it, it always comes back to that for me so i'm always always looking for those yeah it's because it's the emotion that matters Mm -hmm. right yeah in these types of photos, the emotion is what really carries it. And the thing is like the work that you do is going to be looked at, you know, like decades from now, Mm -hmm. you know, family members are going to be able to look at (laughs) it and be like, yo, you know, yeah, some people will start crying over their wedding photos. That's what I hope for. And so how does that feel? (laughs) How does that feel? (laughs) How does that feel for you? No, me (laughs) thinking about that. Uh, that's a deep question. Um, When I'm when I'm at my laptop going through the wedding photos afterwards, uh, you know, I spend probably about eight hours just going through the thousands and thousands of photos I'll shoot throughout the day. And literally from the time I open my laptop screen to the time I close it, like just a massive grin on my face. And I just like catch myself. I'm like, oh, man, this was hilarious. Or like, look at the emotion on that. That's on this on the mom or like tears on the groom seeing uh, his bride walking down the aisle seen her in a dress for the first time it's it's like super rewarding being at your laptop and and like reliving those moments you know and so yeah. it, it makes it like just massive smile yeah as soon as i <laughs> see these photos again yeah totally yeah. i find myself doing that too like when yeah. i see some photos that i think are really sick yeah you know i start smiling too when i yeah. when i review that and that's it's a really good sign that when you're able to make yourself excited over mm-hmm. the things that you're doing, mm-hmm. it's a good sign that like other people will view that the same way. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And it just takes so much confidence though, to be able to like be there and be the one guy mm-hmm. to, to do that. Or actually I, I wanted to ask you, do yeah. you have other people that you bring along under your wing or is it just solely you? Uh, let's see. I've actually been the person under somebody else's wing on, on multiple occasions. Right. Uh, shout out Joel's view photography. <laughs> <laughs> shout out one time. Um, but I actually haven't been in the situation where I've had to employ a second photographer. Um, yet. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just never have been there. I've I've definitely uh, like trained some other people in how to approach wedding photography. Yeah. Um, but I haven't I haven't been in a situation where I get to take them along for the first time. So you know, if anybody out there wants to <laughs> wants to come shoot with me for a wedding, yeah, um, slide into my DMs <laughs> and we'll set it up. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, by the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some things that people should look out for when they do want to get into wedding photography? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the things that would separate them from everything else. Mm-hmm. Because wedding photography, once again, is very specific. It's lots of different variables and everything like that. Um, what would you say an aspiring wedding photographer should look at? Sorry, just having some water. Uh, I would say... Going on to your... There's usually local Facebook pages uh, with local wedding photographers and it's kind of just shop talk in there. Um, And just going on there, reading, seeing what everybody's doing, taking it all with a grain of salt because, you know, saying you've got one wedding booked for 2018 isn't as cool as saying you've got 42 booked. Um, And just going on there, you know, connecting, seeing, uh, seeing who else is out there. And get an idea of like, you know, the price range uh, you should be charging um, because wedding photographers put in a lot of time behind the scenes uh, editing and, uh, you know, uploading, downloading, ensuring their gear, everything, driving between ceremonies, scouting it out. Um, So don't undervalue yourself. Right. But definitely don't go out there and without, you know, any experience under your belt and just start, you know, (laughs) working beyond your means like Mm -hmm. don't don't put yourself in the position where a couple has trusted you to to capture their day without you being experienced enough to really handle it because that like it doesn't bother me if you want to do that but it's just like a not a good feeling at the end of the day if you are in that position um and I definitely think right at the start of my career I don't know uh career as a wedding photographer I I definitely overestimated like my capabilities and it was just like not a great feeling but we sorted it all out it's all cool you grow from it you grow from it you learn and you know what the thing though is that like a lot of young budding photographers do that i Mm -hmm. did that you know like i would sometimes find clients would come up to me and they would ask me like yo how much do you charge Mm -hmm. and i'd like put it way up higher than they would see yeah because you know you think that your capabilities are so high but you just haven't proven yourself Mm -hmm. to the people around you yeah and the thing though too is that like in, a, in your situation, when you started, yeah. when you had somebody bring you under their wing, yeah. I think is the best way of starting out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense because that way at least you're not just sort of like the main shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, there's at least always a main shooter that's yeah. going to be able to capture the most important moments. Definitely. And, yeah. you know, all the best stuff that you capture, you can show off to other people, yeah. right? So that's yeah. really sick. Second shooting is definitely a great way to get into it because, you know, you get the experience, you see what the lead photographer is doing. Mm. Uh, and then when you go off and shoot your own first wedding, uh, you can use some of those tips and tricks. And uh, at the same time, like one of photographers, you know, sh- doing like a triple header for a weekend shooting Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, they'll get caught up, like uh, definitely a lot of caffeine, definitely a lot of Red Bull yeah. uh, consumed over the weekend. And maybe they'll like have some crutches they'll fall back on. Um in terms of the shooting like technical aspects but you being a newer photographer don't have these potentially bad habits formed so you can like put your own spin on it without just going and doing the exact same thing you've done for the last five weddings mm-hmm. um which is kind of a huge thing in job interviews as well which is you know tips and tricks for all the engineering students out there represent uh if you're, if you're in a job interview and they ask you, why should I hire you instead of the more experienced candi- uh, candidate, say, I'm an open book. I've got no bad habits. Teach me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just actually learned that in a management class, not even an engineering class. Oh, shit. Yeah. Very cool. That's a yeah. lot of insight that you have dropped on potential budding <laughs> photographers Drop here. the knowledge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to get your opinion on this, by the way. Yeah. Do you think that gear matters? Uh... Mm. Yes and no. I don't okay. know. It's uh, it's a hard question to ask. Like for me, I've never had the top quality gear. Yeah. Um, just because I see it more of a, as a tool than like a super important part of part of your like photography skill. Yeah. Um, but it does make a difference yeah. for sure. 
Um, but there are ways you can still create amazing images without needing the, you know, the most expensive Sony G Master lens or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What but, do you what do yeah. you shoot with? Uh, right now, I've got a Nikon D six ten. Okay, um, okay, full frame. It's a full frame. Yeah. yeah. Um, last year, so touching on the tools thing, last year we were out uh, in my friend's Jeep, ripping down some uh, forest roads, and you know, just like tossing the camera around inside the Jeep all day, like throwing it on the seat, throwing it in the back, because um, it's like pretty. It's, pretty heavy duty camera yeah um and then just on the way down we're hanging out the side of the jeep and there's a friend in front of us driving a second uh vehicle and just like enough dust and rock got kicked up that uh it caused my shutter to just crunch up on itself and no way yeah it was pretty crappy so like ever since then i've been pretty like disconnected from the whole (laughs) gear hype situation (laughs) i just got super super butthurt or my camera and the fact that like I buy all my gear used um, and so like no warranty and I just had to pay out of pocket to replace it. And so, oh, that yeah. sucks. Yeah. So it was, it was a 610 before and you replaced it with another 610? Uh, yeah, I actually sent it off to Nikon over the winter. They fixed the shutter on it. Um, yeah, but like over the course of the month or so that I didn't have a camera, um, I picked up my dad's film camera and that's kind of like what rekindled my love for film photography. Cause that was the only camera I had lying <laughs> around. I'm like, I got to shoot. I have to take a camera out. Hell yeah, yeah man. So what, and, and what film camera, uh, was it? Was it the one that you had up there? Like when we were doing our photos? Yeah, that, uh, so, uh, kind of a crappy situation. My brother, um, had been borrowing my, my, the film camera, um, that my dad's old one, that was a, a Nikon FE. Yeah. Um, from like the uh, early 90s, late 80s. I'm not actually, actually sure. It's it's like a brick, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's the one that I was shooting on. Uh, my dad actually got it in Japan when he was living there. And like, sick. it's super sick. Uh, and unfortunately, on Canada Day, somebody uh, broke down my brother's car, stole all his Sony gear and uh, my Nikon or my dad's Nikon rather that was in there unfortunately like, like this kind of day <laughs> yeah like 2018 like six days ago seven days ago or something damn yeah, so have you gone to a pawn shop and given them a serial number and all that shit yeah well it's my brother's situation well, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna like hold his hand but um he's got a police report and you know just really hoping that something will come up and um yeah just got looking on facebook marketplace and stuff but it's just kind of crappy that somebody would do that on canada day for real yeah, yeah. so like like the, the the his digital camera he's like kind of butthurt about that but um but like him and i both understand like that film camera is like way more sentimental value and you can buy them on ebay for like probably like 60 bucks so i mean i would gladly hand whoever took it like 200 bucks right now yeah or more i don't care like i just want the camera back you know of course and there was like film in there that we'd shot and hadn't developed yet as well so like no. i t- and we totally forget everything that's on the film like we know what happened roughly like like we went hiking a few times and like some boating and stuff but <laughs> but it's just like we'll never get to see those photos more than likely which is Shit. kind of a sad story damn well what are you going to do? For the culture has your back, man. We got yeah. shooters. <laughs> shooters in the street. No, just kidding. We don't. No, but <laughs> no shooters. Okay. Peace, I'd like to say that love. we do, but no. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Just like if there's anybody out there that sees a Nikon FE with a 28mm lens, hit me up. Pull up. Pull up. Yo, we're, we'll give you some good money for that shit. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's such a shame. Damn. Yeah. Oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, well, if anybody sees that, let me know. I'll spread the message. But Cheers, uh, man. yeah, okay, crazy, crazy, cool, yeah. cool, cool. So cool, like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> what is that from? Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Cool, 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 cool. It's from Hot Rod. Oh no, no, that's who plays in Hot Rod and Andy Samberg. And it's Andy Samberg thing. Who just he just goes cool, 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 cool. I just thought it was some meme that people do. I don't know. I don't watch a whole lot of like TV or movies or any of that shit. Oh yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's dope though. Um, by the way, just as a gearhead myself, do you mainly shoot with primes or do you use zoom lenses? Primes one hundred p. Hey, okay. <laughs> just gonna put that out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, like one of the things I learned early on in shooting weddings was, um, 
you can have one zoom lens if you want that weighs uh-huh. like 10 pounds hanging uh-huh. around your neck all day and you can get your um get like a superstar neck at the end of the day or um you have two cameras well okay let me re- rephrase all that sure. um on 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 average zooms way heavier than a prime yeah uh and the prime is going to be crisper at 35 mil for example then the zoom would be at 35 mil 100 percent. yeah yeah um and it's easier to zoom with your feet just by walking forwards and backwards true very um, true um and usually if you're moving around it, it it it'll put you in like uh it give you a new perspective uh so like instead of just hanging out at the front of the ceremony uh and like zooming in and out everywhere shooting everything like that um the primes make you get up and walk around and you know see things from a different light if you will yeah very um, true yeah so i'm i'm a pretty big prime user that gives you an edge yeah. i think that I really think. gives you an edge over a lot of other people just mm-hmm. having that understanding because <laughs> i would love to say that i just shoot in primes yeah. but uh i just fucking don't have any <laughs> yeah no fair enough actually though yeah. i did have i do have one 50 yeah. millimeter yeah. 1.8 right and the thing is that is it's totally clear yeah. fucking great but i left it in india for two no. years and when i got it R. back R. it was covered in dust yeah. so uh, rest in peace r.i.p yeah in dust. yeah that sucks but dude um actually favorite lens was a 24 mil 1.8 yeah um it's so unique it's like wide angle and super fast so you get the bokeh uh-huh. um that you would from like a portrait lens but then like a super wide background as well so it's like a it's like a portrait landscape combination uh and you can for example like if you're hiking you're on the top of a mountain or somewhere and you have a portrait lens you'll shoot like the person's face and it just is kind of like blurry blue sky behind you yeah whereas with this like 24 mil 1.8 you can have like a nice looking portrait yeah and then suddenly you see like the massive landscape behind you and like the like the sun setting in over like the rockies or something like that so Damn, that's, that's probably, wild probably the most unique lens i got to shoot on yeah and, that's wild have mm-hmm. you ever had any like um particular sort of like dream lenses that you've always wanted mm, you know it's a zoom lens oh. <laughs> so so you know totally guilty here um but this the 70 to 200 uh f 2.8 is pretty sick okay um, yeah yeah it's a beast it, it's pretty heavy yeah. um but that's just like a pretty unique uh, that's like a lens for a pretty unique situation, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, like sports action and like some some portraits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely wouldn't bring that along on a wedding. No, um, no. But it would just be kind of like a beast of a lens just to have kind of for fun. Yeah. Just kicking in the closet, you know, break it out every so often. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. What about you? Oh. <laughs> Tell um, me, what's your favorite Canon lens? See, I, I, I don't have any like specifics. Yeah currently like i used to i used to i used to want to get the canon 24 to oh what the hell was it 70 yeah 24 to 70 l lens it's a classic right it's a total classic yeah um but i ended up getting the sigma um 18 to 35 Mm. it's a constant Mm -hmm. 1.8 aperture Mm -hmm. regardless i know that lens i love that lens it's so sick yeah um that art lens is like my favorite lens that i own right killing the game for sure yeah Yeah. um i want to get a sigma prime eventually but um but i want to eventually get a tilt shift tilt shift lenses are fucking Mm -hmm. gnarly yeah um and they just blow my mind Mm -hmm. on how they work yeah um and then i also want to get a i want to get a fisheye man like i grew up watching like skateboarding videos when i was a kid so like fisheye just always looks fucking wonderful to me so um just like I don't know, an eight millimeter or a ten millimeter yeah, Canon so L lens. I think those exist, um, but that's yeah. that's what I would want. I uh, you know, tilt shift yeah. or or a or a fisheye. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I can vouch for the eight mil. Yeah, yeah, I got I shoot shot club photos for a few years, and that was just like the only thing I shot on twenty four seven. Really? Yeah, man. Like, where'd you shoot? Uh, so flashbacks before they closed down. <laughs> Rest was, in peace. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was, it was decently fun there. Um, so that lasted for probably a year. And then, um, I wasn't doing really too much, like in terms of weekly night, nightlife stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot out at the university at UBCO for, for the students union, like different parties and events and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
And then uh, I was at level for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's super draining. Respect to all the club photographers out there. <laughs> Shouts <laughs> out know. Justin Hill. Yeah, Justin, you're killing it. Yo, I just his interview just dropped. Today. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mad see. props. Mad I gotta, props. I gotta listen to that. You gotta. Get, are you on Spotify yet? I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna get it. I'm okay, gonna good. get it on Spotify. Yeah. Um, it's a. Yo, I have so much shit that I have to balance on yeah. this stuff. It's, oh, true. So, but you know, you'll see it up on Spotify yeah. for sure. Okay, but perfect. it's right now for free on SoundCloud. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah, I love SoundCloud. Yeah, real easy. Yeah. Real easy for sure. As but, a DJ. There's so much stuff on there that you just, it's like great for finding new music. You can listen to mixes and look at the track list and pick out the songs you like. Yeah. And you can, and it's good to find like inspiration. Like there's a girl that, um, DJs really well. Her name is cam girl. She's mm-hmm. got like such, she's got such a good ear for music and shit. Oh, yeah? And like her mixes are insane, but you know what? Yeah. Um, I did want to actually get into your DJ stuff actually. Cause like yeah. you DJ for cactus club at the, at, you know, the one downtown, mm-hmm. right? And so, first of all, how did you get into the DJing thing in the first place? Um, good question. Uh, I feel like I say good question quite often. We're gonna come <laughs> I'm back just on loaded it. with good just questions. Bro. So many good questions, man. <laughs> I just I can't. I, I'm overwhelmed. Um, cool. It's like you prepared or something. <laughs> I literally um, don't come prepared for any really interview. No, so smooth. I, all off the top of my head. All off the top freestyle interview, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. You're like the notorious VIG of interviews. Oh fuck, man! Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> um. Uh, okay, question. Uh, DJing. How did I get into it? Um. So. Uh, thanks mom and dad for always putting me in music lessons. Hey, yeah. shouts out the parents. Right? Uh, I see we're in like a pretty sick studio right now. Um, Thank you. Got the drums, got the guitars, got a pretty dope amp over there. Um, yeah, anyhow, uh, played piano, drums, saxophone. Um, Holy shit, dude. Timpani. What? Timpani, yeah. Dude, that I haven't, like met, I haven't met anybody that's played the timpani since like grade nine. Yeah, well, okay, it was grade nine. <laughs> <But> timpani, so, <laughs> oh, okay. So nice. we're still following the trend. Um, yeah, but uh, back in like second year uh, university, there was uh, a guy dropping out, sad. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he had been there for the first half of the year of his first year. And he was like, this ain't for me. I'm going to go live the hippie lifestyle or whatever nomad lifestyle right um props and uh he was just getting rid of like a bunch of his stuff and uh he he was a dj as well yeah yeah. um and i just picked up like this super basic two channel mixer for like 100 bucks dope um and would just spend like hours and hours in my room going through my library and just like mixing and refining my skills and stuff um yeah it's pretty much well actually entirely self-taught um and i think that's the best way to go about music but i definitely had a had a good understanding of like you know like key signatures and time signatures and tempo and and tempo and stuff but um yeah i kind of just bought it and decided to jump right in head first and i can't even remember what my first gig was um damn i wish i could Mm. but i just sort of slowly started building up my name and it's it's tough uh in Kelowna being a dj it's like fairly small city but um we've got like a lot of like kind of bad djs (laughs) um and not a lot of like half decent djs um so usually if if um you're looking for a DJ and um, yeah, it's basically like if it's a Friday or Saturday, anybody good is already going to be booked. Yeah. Just, just saying. Um, <laughs> Got any names of good ones? We want to spread positivity here. Oh yeah. Uh, I'd love to shout out Kevin Moore, uh, Steve Romo. Uh, who else have we got here? Uh, Chris Falco. Dope. Um, yeah, dude, I'll list you up with some people you should interview on the show afterwards as well. I would love yeah, to. For yeah, real. Yeah, I would love no, to. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Um Oh man. This is uh this is tough on my head. Um Brandon. Oh, it, it, um he's a part of Broken Future? That that Brandon? I think it's that uh at, at Sapphire. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. At Sapphire. Yeah, yeah and then his buddy's good. code E. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's good. I don't know. There's Berg, 
I just remember like coming into Sapphire one night to watch one of my favorite trap artists, C. Cali, mm-hmm. uh, and Berg was opening him for him, and he was playing like dubstep from 2008 that I hadn't heard forever, <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, that's kind of like what made me want to learn how to DJ. I'd oh, always, shit. I'd always wanted to get into it for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, funny story, learning about actually like music that I liked listening to uh, uh-huh. at the time. Uh, really into rock climbing. And the climbing gym that I started climbing at, Beyond the Crux, uh, the owner was huge into old, old, old dubstep. Wow. So he'd like always play this music. I'm like, whoa, what is this crap? (laughs) Uh, Being like a 10 year old or whatever. Uh, And uh, yeah, so he just kind of introduced me to dubstep. And like since then, I've grown out of like that phase of of super aggressive music 24 seven. But yeah, yeah, I just just that's kind of what made me want to learn to DJ. Don't be a dubstep DJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like everybody starts off somewhere, dude. Yeah, dude. Like yeah. when I started playing the guitar, I yeah. I started playing like ACDC and Zeppelin tunes, like tons of classic. Kids. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, everybody starts somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, and when did you start landing gigs over at Cactus Club? Because uh, I bet that's a hard place to land a gig, right? Yeah, Cactus Club definitely likes to have good DJs. Uh, <laughs> is laughing in the corner about a situation we had a couple nights ago. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I don't only DJ at Cactus Club, just for anybody out there looking for a nice, you know, all-rounder DJ. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so uh, Dilly, DJ Dilly, um, who was uh, one of the resident DJs at Level um, a few years ago before moving to Calgary, he was also a resident DJ at Cactus Club, <clears throat> and uh he just really liked my sound when I was starting out. And I think he kind of like thought I had, um, an ear for it. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of offered me his position at cactus club before moving. Cause, uh, it was just a weekly Friday slot. Uh, and he needed to fill it before moving to Calgary. So he just handed it over to me and I just like showed up one day. I'm like, Hey, I'm Nikita. I'm going to be taking over Fridays here. <laughs> and they're like, all right. Okay. Um, and I, they had like a sick, uh, rain 62 mixer and like CDJs there on this like in-house system. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to use any of it. Can I bring my own controller? <laughs> um, yeah. So I just like brought in my little shitty two channel mixer I was familiar with and like yeah. kind of like plopped it on top of the mixer and everyone was like, is he allowed to do that? <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, like, um, just, I think that was like three years ago and shit oh yeah what was your first gig like like were you were you intimidated like were you nervous Um, what was it like i i started out at uh like my first weekly sort of like lounge gig was at tonics pub yeah um which is kind of like kind of a weird place to have a dj i think Uh, so (laughs) yeah Yeah. but um yeah jamal uh who's the resident dj at, at level had a had a slot there on saturdays he needed to fill right um and i was like yo choose me choose me like super green like <laughs> just like super excited to have any sort of gig and yeah. um and like he like showed up for my first gig there and he was like helping me out he's like dude you, you, do you think you can handle this and i was like yeah man i got this <laughs> um and he was like all right and he was just like having a beer at the bar like just listening to me making sure i wasn't like at catastrophically fucking up yeah um and uh, apparently i didn't sick so that was congratulations good. thank you bro um and yeah so like went back like for a following week and just kind of like that was my first residency if you will and that lasted for probably about a year and then um they just kind of weren't weren't getting enough business i think to warrant paying a dj yeah um so you know that's just the way business goes in Kelowna sometimes yeah yeah um and i learned a ton from that gig uh, and you know, looking back now, I'm like, God damn, Nikita, why the hell would you be playing that music? You know? Um, but that's, I feel like every, any artist, you know, you look back on your old work and you're like, damn, what was I thinking? Honestly, yeah. truth. A hundred percent, dude. Like I sometimes yeah. listen to my shit that I used to do. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right. You just like see it in a new light. Yeah. But you know, that's the process of growth though. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. 100%. Um, and what kind of music, like, what kind of music do you play now at, like, say, just whatever gigs and whatever gigs that you have? You know, dubstep isn't really much no. of a thing anymore, no. right? Um, yeah, I think it died in, like, 2014. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, 
Oh man, I don't know. I like really. I I think I have a unique sound. Okay. Um, How would you describe it? That's a good uh, question. Can I go on my phone? Yeah, like, you're, you're allowed. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be like, no, you're not allowed to go on your phone. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so craft beer market that just opened here in Kelowna. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll be DJing there a little bit over the summer. Dope. And they they described the sound they're looking for over this email, which I'm getting right now. Um, and... And I was like, wait, that's, that's exactly what I try and DJ all the time. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Uh, little against the grain, don't fall in the typical top 40, club EBM, EDM, hip-hop trap. Um, we like to pave our own way. And I'm just reading this verbatim right now. Uh, our spin is classic feel-good music uh, with sing-alongs mixed together with high-tempo high new alternatives uh, normally you wouldn't hear. So kind of like... Sweet Caroline mixed with MGMT okay, and like Portugal the Man and Fleetwood Mac, Arcade Fire, Mike Snow, that sort of stuff. Dope. Um, I like it. Yes. But like they continue on dot, dot, dot. But then, uh, so like, I guess I lied. They're not exactly what I play all the time, but I can play that stuff just for the record. Um, You're a versatile DJ. Oh, thank you. Very versatile. That's what I uh, pride myself on. But um, yeah, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, I love listening to sort of like future bass, chill, electronic, alternative. I, I honestly have a hard time describing it. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Yeah, kind of like I, some artists that would like fall in the category of music I like to play are like Odessa. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've heard of Co- Odessa. Yeah. Oh, dude, if you haven't listened to their discography, like lock yourself in a room for 24 hours <laughs> I'll, I'll totally do my best yeah. i'm not you know what electronic music just hasn't hit me the same yeah. way like other forms it's, have you know yeah odessa i wouldn't classify as electronic though luckily i've you. heard of them like yeah. i'm not saying i heard yeah them, yeah you know, yeah so um they're like uh think like massive orchestral band symphony yeah, yeah. mixed with like college drum line mix, okay. mixed with like just absolutely incredible vocals mixed with uh like really progressive DJs. Sick. Yeah. I think I have an idea actually. Yeah. I think I can hear it. They're yeah. pretty sweet. Um, so I love that, that style. Um, and apparently Spotify calls coast modern, like, uh, Oh damn. I should have remembered this. Uh, alt pop, alt pop, okay. alt pop, yeah. alternative pop. Right. right. Um, have you heard midsummer madness by 88 rising? No. Listen to that I know song. 88 Rising, but... 88 Rising's dope. Wait, did that... I think I saw that on... Um, Rich Brian. Yeah! Not yeah, Rich, Rich Brian's in the song. And, yeah. like, Rich Joe G and, like, yeah. uh, Higher Brothers, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Man, I love that style. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Funny. Honestly, um, that chorus... Wait, yeah. but in the chorus that he literally... Joji literally sings fuck the rules right so you yeah, can't really yeah, no you can't really play that i like <laughs> no, drafted but no um i think you might dig that nice based on what you're yeah. telling me yeah but. um do you know uh what is it called it's it's like got a bunch of different rappers in it like anderson pock um ichima oh yeah you know ichima um, um no you know Underwater what water squad it sounds really familiar but i i just I don't know where I heard that. Yeah, it's kind of like just like a meme, like <laughs> hip hop song. Um, yeah, it was like in a bunch of Vine videos. I think. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so that was that was uh, that was out ages ago, and then this yeah. artist, um, uh, not I don't think it was, Josh Pan. Yeah, Josh okay. Pan. He's a trap artist. Remixed it into this like seven minute long, incredible, like mini mix almost because they go through like a bunch of different tempo changes in the song yeah. and they feature all these different rappers and every section has like a really unique style of the electronic portion yeah, yeah. and he brought on like four or five other uh dj producers yeah, who, yeah like all worked on one section of the song and did this massive collab of like i think there's probably like excess of 15 artists involved total that's and it's wild. like it's pretty incredible they don't even call it a remix they call it an opus which is pretty wild so i don't know that that's something worth listening to so wild you're gonna have to send me a link to that i will you're gonna have to send me a few links man yeah man djs 
uh songs yeah. all sorts of shit follow me on spotify and listen to my playlists yeah, yeah. what's your spotify nikita taylor apparently it's not public though so <laughs> i gotta fix that like, okay yeah so i don't know just easy just look for nikita taylor and if i'm not there then uh i probably haven't bothered to make my account <laughs> public yet Yo. Um, yeah man that's crazy yeah. that's so wild damn that's freaking sick man and like in terms of like style do you have any like sort of like places that you're trying to go to anything that you want to experiment with do you also make your own music ah i knew that question was coming Uh, (laughs) i've tried i and like uh i tried without any sort of like production equipment and then i was like uh this is a lot of work and then i bought um a native instruments machine right uh which was sick but i more learned to like finger drum on it than produce Mm. music so uh (laughs) for like a month and a half i was like finger drumming like mad yeah uh but i haven't really like spent enough time producing music oh i see so i've got i've got ideas in my head of like how i would mash music up but i have um I feel like this is just a common artist thing to have to struggle with, but like, you know, innovating something that isn't already in existence is, is definitely harder than just like synthesizing two already like awesome pieces of music. So as a DJ, I'm always on the lookout for ways I can combine music and not necessarily just like create it, but maybe combining is like creating. So who knows? I think it really doesn't fucking matter. Honestly, like for real think about it at the end of the day, but yeah, who cares? All that really matters is just sort of like what makes you happy at the end of the day, you know, Mm -hmm. just sort of like, if you like doing that, then fucking, you know, keep at it. If you, if you know, if you want to explore making music, then just like get into it for sure. But you know, you don't have to like, you don't have to like completely like bum yourself out. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, come back another day or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, you've clearly found your sort of thing and what you're doing. You yeah. found a sound for yourself. You're playing in like all these different places and gigs. Yeah. And you know, you don't, from the sounds of it, you don't have like a conventional job. Like, <laughs> no, definitely not. So I think, yeah. you know, you have your wedding photography and your uh, DJ stuff, yeah, which man. is super fucking sick. Yeah. You know, like, and then you just go back into school. So it seems Pretty like much. you have like your um, life figured out pretty good, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, it's, it's fine. I just kind of like, no real game plan with either of those things like DJing or wedding photography, you know, Mm. it's just kind of just like gigs I've sort of like fallen into and just naturally progressed into Mm -hmm. what they are. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't view either one of them as work because like I would, I would probably do both for free, like just for free for fun. Yeah. Actually, no, I wouldn't do them for free because that's like pretty hurtful to the industry. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, a hundred percent jobs it's like fun for me so yeah that's why i do this that's mm-hmm. why i do for the culture right it's yeah. like it's fun for me too and i love just like meeting new people that do really dope shit because <laughs> you know it's hard to find people that are good sometimes yeah. you know and i just want to have like people be able to like uh ask me like yo who's really sick at doing this doing that you know yeah, if they wanted a be wedding the plug for, t- for sick people exactly yeah you man. have yeah you exactly know what the deal I know about exactly that is. what that is yeah. so yeah yeah exactly yeah. That's being connected fun. is fun yeah it's like it's rewarding it is yeah it's interesting yeah i mean i if i wasn't doing this i'd honestly like be a hermit oh really just doing my own shit like yeah fair i like talking to people talking to people is like awesome yeah but like i'm just so busy doing my own shit with my music and just like my photography and stuff i'm just like i don't have time so i force myself with this (laughs) for the culture shit and it's like sick i feel the hermit thing i'm working on the hermit thing right now yeah yeah sometimes you just like can get so busy over the summer like being in like being in different social circles and there's always there's always something you can do um if you like kind of want to go out and do something in Kelowna Mm -hmm. um and okay actually cancel all that (laughs) I just realized I just suffer from a case of FOMO um what the hell's FOMO fear of missing out dude oh okay 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 also uh an absolutely incredible future house DJ in the UK oh yeah okay cool yeah. so like L- learning new things I, I knew fomo the dj before i knew fomo the fear missing out so hey yeah, shit so, i've yeah. heard of fear missing out i mm-hmm. just did not think about it yeah fair enough yeah it's like not something you generally just go thinking about like oh fomo fear of missing out shower <laughs> thoughts right yeah um yeah i don't know in the okanagan i think a lot of people like suffer from fomo i and, think so 100 percent. just like you go on instagram and look at the Instagram stories all all day, every day. Dude, you know, stuff going on. Yeah, you see all the people mm-hmm. like that are on the beach, yeah. or like they go traveling, and they're just like, "Look yeah. at me, I'm yeah. doing together. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. for a lot of people that don't really have it together, yeah. I'm sure it, it hits FOMO like really yeah. hard for them. So true. 
Um, and I think, like, I'm def I'm definitely guilty of like posting Instagram stories flexing. Like, if <laughs> if we're like we've just like taken some jeeps somewhere and like going camping or going climbing or whatever, like doing something fun, like you want to tell your friends. Um, but I think a lot of people who like our chronic Instagram story posters might like have the worst cases of FOMO themselves. Possibly. Yeah. I'm not a clinical psychologist. Neither am I. (laughs) No, but I just met a friend of like a new friend of mine uh, who just like absolutely loves like psychology. Just, just passionately. Yeah. yeah. Um, And uh, she just like, will always ask these super interesting questions. And it will make you really think and like analyze like what you've done mm-hmm. the last week or what why you chose to do something. Um, that sounds super sick. Yeah. Psychology is actually really, really yeah. interesting to me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would definitely take a psychology course if I could, but you know, engineering is like a lot on your plate <laughs> for to take a psychology course as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, getting back to that, like, so I, I would never like reflect on my actions or like what, how I think or like why I choose things. Yeah. Um, and then, and then just lately I've always been like wondering more, you know what I mean? It's easy to, easy to just like think about what you want to do tomorrow. Just yeah. like taking it at face value. Like, Oh, I want to go wake surfing tomorrow cause it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but then but then like there's a bunch of stuff that goes along with it like for example posting an instagram story of you wake surfing like why would you choose to do that you said you wanted to go wake surfing because it was fun yeah so why do you need to post the instagram story i think it really depends on what your priorities are right yeah you know a lot of people do really crave that attention Mm -hmm. and you know it's been proven that people do get this sort of like stimulus this high Mm -hmm. by seeing there's those numbers rise and like how many people have seen their shit yeah right and then it gets exacerbated when um people reply to it like yo that's crazy yeah like whatever so you know it just depends on what their psychology Mm -hmm. is and depending on if it's coming from insecurity Mm -hmm. or if it's like genuine just sort of like i want to show you this you know Mm -hmm. it really depends on the character of that person yeah it's hard to really like say on a whole humans are way too complicated i think to simplify (laughs) it down no definitely yeah Yeah. there's always there's always exceptions to every case but oh yeah it's just um i don't know i like people people watching as well you know yeah like going to like we were just talking about third space uh that coffee shop in in Kelowna for anybody who hasn't been to it um you just like go in there and you'll see a whole bunch of you know like young business professionals Mm -hmm. and then if you go to the bean scene downtown you might see oh like students college students and like people reading yeah uh and then if you go to like bliss bakery on the west side you see like a whole lot of like middle-aged women like (laughs) out for coffee which you know power to you but um hell yeah 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 it's just you can go and you can see so many different people in like one environment one like you know what i mean a coffee shop is like kind of a coffee shop but a coffee shop isn't the same as all other coffee shops Nah, they have their own demographics mm-hmm. they have their own like character set mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it'd be interesting to build like a infographic of coffee shops in Kelowna and just make it interactive yeah like an app i don't hey. know random ideas nikita careful what you say man i know so you build if, it yourself if you want to steal my idea go for it no one's stopping you okay there you yeah, go all right exactly free reign everybody yeah free reign, free reign. Yeah, yeah yeah that's dope yeah but um yeah anyway um so we covered your photography we covered your dj stuff um dude i i learned a lot about you man Mm, like this is a very like probably (laughs) one of my you're like up there in the top three right now my longest podcast and shit really yeah 50 50 minutes is like the the cut off the cap that i've had with everybody okay so we're at that point right now i'm not saying we have to end it or anything oh yeah but all i'm saying is that like all the questions that i had in my head are just like answered Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, dude. Um, Um, Thank you so much for coming on here. Where can everybody see all your work and where can they reach out if they want to? Um, Like, follow, subscribe. No, I'm just going to say that. (laughs) Smash that motherfucking like button. Smash the like button. Smash the follow. Um, Jake Pollard. What else? Sorry. Uh, Um, Mavericks. Yeah, too many many vlogs. Um, On Instagram, follow me at Nikita underscore shoots. How do you Uh, spell Nikita? N-I-K-I-T-A. There you underscore go. shoots just regular shoots um and then i'm on facebook as well nikita shoots uh you can also add me nikita taylor if you just want to like message me about cool stuff going on um and then i've got a website nikita shoots.ca and 
I guess I don't really have anything set up for DJing just because uh, DJing's like such a side thing for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just like have my sort of like weekly gigs and I just like have fun doing them. And, you know, if people like want to get hold of me to do other stuff, they'll usually just like come see me at at Oak and Crew or Cactus Club or whatever. Um, But you can email me at uh, actually my email address for DJing is like super complex. Uh, Kita makes music at gmail.com um and that's k-i-t-a which is like my dj name dj kita abbreviation of nikita that makes sense yeah um who was it that came up with that i remember that was like first year university i would always like whenever it was like group work time i just open my laptop and bump some beats in class just like very blatantly too loud (laughs) and just like y'all are just hating Uh, (laughs) entirely the creator um and yeah, somebody's like, yo, DJ Kita. I was like, damn, that's my DJ name, yo. Wow. So that's how I got it, the story. Wow. You, that's crazy. You know, a lot of famous people just shorten their name and that's how they get their name. Like Dr. Dre, his first name is Andre. Ah, there right? you go. Cool, right? Yeah. What about Drake? Drake? Has Drake always his just middle been name is His middle name is Drake. Like oh, it's literally his middle name. Um, Stay alert. His first name is Aubrey. Yeah. Yeah. Aubrey Graham. Aubrey yeah. Great. Aubrey Drake Graham interesting yeah all right i wonder how push a t got his name do you know uh that i don't know off why the don't let's make up a story about push a t real quick <laughs> uh he liked to push things that started with a letter t i know he sold drugs yeah like, he he claimed that he sold like tons of drugs he was the cocaine plug i thought yeah wasn't it cocaine i'm not sure yeah um so that's pretty sick. Side note. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. But uh, thank you again for being on course, the podcast, dude. man. I appreciate it yeah. a lot. Super fun. Yeah. That was For the Culture uh, with Nikita today. Uh, and uh, don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and also our brand new Facebook page as well. Um, they're all the same. For the Culture, C-A at the end of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you'll see all our updates. We'll always be posting every Monday and Thursday. We had a poll actually on our Instagram where people voted Monday or Wednesday or Monday or Thursday, uh, Monday, Thursday won with a 60%, uh, win. So that's what we're going for. So, uh, sorry, sorry, everybody else. Thursdays are sick. It's like Friday junior, (laughs) Friday junior favorite day of the week. Hell yeah. There you go. But, um, thank you for listening and uh, have a great day y'all.